Welcome into the podcast, Pete Forsey, your host, the newest homeowner in St. Louis, Missouri. Maybe not the newest, but it was official as of yesterday evening. I tell you what, things really do move fast now that I've actually been a part of this marketplace with with houses. Um, I woke up on Thursday morning. No, excuse me. Tuesday morning. Today's Wednesday. I woke up on Tuesday morning just searching on Zillow while I was at the gym getting a sweat on. Saw this house and I was like, ah, you know what? This is pretty sweet. This is you know, practically finished. And if you know anything about me, I'm not handy at all. I'm not going to be fixing the, uh, the the water heater. I'm not going to be fixing uh, the sink. Okay. I barely, I don't even think I own a hammer. So I need something ready made. I found this one. I was like, this will be great for me, Ms. Taylor, Maisie the Hound. Um, anybody else that may need to be in the house, we, we got space, we got a backyard works out great. But what I've known, because I've been looking at houses for a few weeks now is that this thing's moving quick. You got to decide fast. So I didn't even think it was going to be an option. My realtor or my agent got in touch with me. They're like, Hey, I'm going to see this at 1230. Why don't you bop on over? I did. They said, Whoa, this is a great house. And Whoa offers are due at 4 PM. Put in an offer. 5.30, the house was mine. So, the podcast, it's gone from Kansas City, starting in 2019. It's hard to believe it's been that long. I know we took a break for a little bit, but then we went to Chicago, then went to another part of Chicago, moved here to St. Louis. We're staying in St. Louis, but we're moving headquarters once again. The podcast will always be giving you the content, no matter where we are. And we got some things to talk about in the NFL with Baker, uh, got some managers fired in Major League Baseball. Let's get to it all. It's episode 89 of the podcast. Mayfield and the last four months or so is, I do not think it's had enough justice just how crazy it is that the former number one overall pick. It's been sad. Like I saw it out in tweets or whatever. I think it was like some guy from the 80s, Jamarcus Russell and Baker are the only players, number one overall quarterbacks, that are not on the team that drafted them. It was like four or five years later. Crazy statistic. When you go number one overall as a QB, you're, I'm not going to say almost a slam dunk, but you're, you're virtually, like, you're not going to suck. And Baker didn't suck either, but I think we do need to kind of give a little more credence to the fact that this guy was never even as a prospect, worthy of number one overall. He's an okay player, and maybe he should go late in the first round to a team that might want to develop him a little bit more. But as far as, like, I know he was wearing the shirt undrafted, and he has this huge chip on his shoulder, and, you know, if you're a player, obviously you think you should go number one overall. You think you can be a great NFL talent. But, you know, part of that moxie that he has is also why the media – is not really reporting on this as being a much bigger deal. Like, this guy is not on the team that drafted him. They could not get rid of him soon enough. There were reports a year ago, ah, he's in line for a, a $40 million contract. No, he fucking wasn't. Th- this GM, this new coach, they couldn't get him out of there soon enough. They were like, okay, yeah, we, we, we like him at $10 million or whatever the hell he was making here on his rookie deal. We'll play with him. That allows us a little more room to get better players. But as soon as the contract is is time to be renewed or to be, you know, uh, pay him more, we're out. <laughs> we'll, we'll go trade for a guy. We'll trade three first-round picks, the most ever, for a player 
for a guy that has 24 lawsuits against him for having sex with masseuses or, you know, even sexually assaulting women. They did that instead of rolling with Baker Mayfield. So, you know, Baker, he's saying all the right things like, I love competition, I love winning, as he gets introduced as the Panthers' newest newest player. Um, but I, I think we need to kind of take a moment here and say, this was a failure. This was This was a pretty big failure. I know that he... You know, was the quarterback of the team to the playoffs? People always love to say, let him to the playoffs. I don't know if he let him. That was a pretty stacked team, and I don't think they got there because of Baker Mayfield. But number one overall pick, 2018. You had Lamar Jackson right there. You had Josh Allen right there. This was a failure by the Cleveland Browns. So I know we got All-Star Weekend coming up and Home Run Derby. All-Star game doesn't mean as much to me as it used to be. You took the meaning out of it when home field advantage in the playoffs wasn't there. Um, I liked it. I mean, yeah, call me a purist old school, even though that was not a purist idea. That was only implemented after the the tie in 2002 in Milwaukee with Selig throwing his hands up in the air. But, you know, I liked it. it. It gave me a reason to sit down and watch this exhibition. I think the real meaning of the all-star game it's just for the players they get to yuck it up with their buddies and the best of the best and it's also for former players in the media because they're the ones actually interacting everybody says it's about the fans how is it about the fans i mean maybe that stadium like maybe dodger stadium fans and wherever it is that year but ultimately it's like that game means nothing it's not that fun and they're not trying anymore just like the nba all-star game and pro bowl like nobody gives a shit about those that the ratings say so. I, I think it's really hyped up. Is it? Oh my God, it's so cool. They're all in the same field. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I've seen Albert on the same field before with all these guys. Uh, I, I've seen, I mean, the new ones, even Pete Alonzo. Like, I mean, that that's not neat to me. <laughs> I, I'd rather watch a game that has meaning if you actually put it back with some stakes in it. Probably watch a little bit more. But the coolest thing about this week, next week, All-Star Weekend, is is that the Jeter documentary is coming out. Seven parts of Derek Jeter. My favorite player outside of Tom Brady. He's the Tom Brady of baseball. Not going to give you much. Not going to tell you much as far as strategy, what's going on in his life. He's all about winning. He won all those rings. There has to be some sort of causation to all of this, right? There has to be. I know there's correlation. A guy that's all in. Hushed up at the microphone, doesn't say much on social media, doesn't say much in the public, won't give you any sort of details, all about winning. He states it, he acts like it, and then they actually go out and do it. I don't know. There, there has to be some sort of effect there, right? I mean, call me crazy. Derek Jeter, I cannot wait for it. They already pulled back the curtain a little bit with A-Rod. I know A-Rod is interviewed in that, which is awesome. I, I'm curious to see how... Jeter kind of ends that whole beef because he he's you know TMZ leaked or uh, leaked that he did say something about a Rod and his relationship. I imagine he's just going to say, "Hey, look, we're tight now." But at the time, you know, <laughs> I really didn't fucking like that guy. The other part of this that I think is going to be interesting is Carlos Correa. Correa said that Jeter sucked in the off season, which pretty much put an end to Correa ever signing with the Yankees. And at the time, Jeter was with the Marlins still, so. He didn't really have anything to say on it. Now that he's not with anybody, I wonder if he might say something. 
you know, kind of hit now after six months or whatever it is, this might finally be his, uh, his, uh, his reply, his rebuttal to Carlos Correa. So, I, I mean, do I know what to expect here? No, other than that, Joel Sherman, all the great New York writers, the East coast people that cover the game along with the great Yankees, Joe Torre, Jeter himself, they're all going to be a part of this documentary and it's going to be great. Seven parts. Spike Lee is producing. Cannot wait for all-star weekend for Derek Jeter. I'm looking at uh, the worldwide leader. I don't know why I have it on. Cannot stand the folks on there. You know what I was listening to was passing. He was talking about how the Royals won't have 10 guys up in Canada. I had muted the television because I was afraid, and I'm sure he did. But, you know, I didn't listen, so I'm not going to spew uh, alternative facts here. But I'm sure he was spewing his radical crap about how the Royals... Uh, should have their players vaccinated. It's, it's, I, I cannot stand folks that in that role, you're really just supposed to be reporting their news. And then, of course, you know, they, they get into the opinion side of things. It's just like, yo, if you want to do that, get into the opinion side of it. I, I, I don't understand. But wanted to talk about NFC, AFC, AFC, excuse me, sleepers on, you know, the season for 2022. You know, we're in the dog days of summer here. If you're listening to this now, it's because you're dedicated. You want to know the future before it happens. And I'm going to tell you, AFC, NFC, Jacksonville Jaguars, New Orleans Saints. Those are my two sleeping giants. They're not getting enough love. The two teams that I think, you know, I've been looking over the rosters, cutting up the film, the tape. I'm not doing that. But I'm just overall thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, if the Jaguars just get an adult in the room, Doug Peterson, check. If you give another season to the most important player, Trevor Lawrence, check. If you get some improvement on the roster via free agency, immediate help, Jaguars, check. You know, they'll, they'll probably win some games in a weak division. You got the Texans, uh, you got the Colts who got another quarterback who, you know, look, I like that with Matt Ryan, but I mean, third, I think this is the fourth year, fourth different quarterback. I mean, that's a lot. And look, they're battle-tested, but still. You know, I, I like the Jaguars in this division. I, I think they can make some noise immediately. The thing about Jacksonville is, you know, Shaq Khan, he's going to be hands-off as an owner. The GM, he does have some success with his time there in San Francisco. You know, I think they could win some games. Like, they, they got, uh, what's his face? I don't, uh, uh, oh, how do I not remember his name? Uh, Urban Meyer. He's out of there. That was a disaster from day one. And I said it a year ago this time. This is going to be dumpster fire it was now they have an adult in the room a guy that won a Super Bowl ring I really like their chances out of the gate along with New Orleans who Dennis Allen flamed out in Oakland but from a strategy standpoint I don't think there's a guy that makes better adjustments as a defensive coordinator than Dennis Allen I, I remember five years ago I think that's when he returned to New Orleans with Sean Payton I was like man this guy's gonna be a head coach again and sure enough, it's with that squad. And you got Jameis Winston, who's the biggest contingency factor on this. If he's healthy, if he's playing just okay, I like the roster a lot. A lot of weapons. Michael Thomas is returning. Defensively, they always figure it out. Running back, offensive line in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. Those are my two sleepers. I, I really think if you want to bet some money, if you want to bet it right now, go to your nearest casino. I don't even know how we're doing it anymore. Mobile phones. Uh, if you go to Las Vegas with an envelope, slip it under a window, 
to some guy with sunglasses and a ball cap on. I, I don't know how it works. I don't bet myself, but I'm telling you, this is where you need to put your money. New Orleans Saints, Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to be the sleepers of the 2022 NFL season. St. Louis Cardinals cannot seem to get it together against good teams. Phillies, Dodgers, Braves just haven't played up uh, to the competition. And Ali Marmol, it was on Friday, had a very just revealing comment that everybody's playing to their capabilities, he said. And that was a huge red flag to me in that if you think they're playing to their capabilities, then this team just isn't good enough. I mean, they'll make it to the wild card, get bounced in the wild card, or NLDS if they happen to win that game because they're not going to be good enough to go five games head-to-head with a Dodger or a Brave or Philly lineup or rotation. They're just not good enough. That, that's what you're telling me because you guys have not won, and it hasn't in particularly been close. Back-to-back shutouts, Philly, this past weekend. Now, they won yesterday against the Dodgers, but, man, they made a sweat for that one. Didn't, didn't, didn't look comfortable. And, you know, if this was a manager like Mike Matheny, he would never do it. Schilt would never do it either. They they seem to hire the type of guys that wouldn't do it that way. But sometimes a manager with some clout might send a message to his front office saying, hey, I need some help here. You know, make a trade. Make a move. Because right now we're playing to our capabilities and uh, it's not good enough. Not good enough in this league. Got to, got to be a little bit better. Now, Ali Marmol. 35 years old, or he's like 36. He's like younger than Yachty and Albert and Wayno. So he's, he's not, you know, going to say anything like that. But, you know, it's just fun, like, thinking about the Jim Lelands, the Dusty Bakers, Lou Pinellas, LaRussas. Like, they would say something like that. And, gosh, I just, I hope at some point we're at a time where those managers exist. We, we had three managers, our third today, Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays. He got fired, and it's the most in-season managerial firings that I can remember in a long time. I keep being told that the manager position is devalued, much like running back in the NFL, yet you know, you're know you going to fire the manager during the season? Sounds like he does have you know some, some sway on how the season goes. You have Madden, you have Girardi, and now you got Montoyo. Going to be interesting. Um do I think the Blue Jays should have made this move? Yeah, I wouldn't have hired him in the first place, but someone's got to manage the team. Always thought it was kind of an awkward fit. I think they need a uh, 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 more maturing voice. I see them going back to uh, John Farrell. He's going to manage twice in Toronto and in Boston. I think it would be something that would be wise because I think that's a good move. Madden, not ruling it out. I don't know if he'd want to be in Canada, but it would be a good fit. They need a voice that can really work with those types of young players. Because right now they're all swing and miss, a lineup that's unbalanced. They don't have good approach. They need a teacher in there. They need a teacher, and they need someone that's going to be just hands-on enough but not too much because they do have a lot of talent. And if you're too hands-on, then they start to tune you out. So going to be interesting. Really like the idea of Toronto getting a new manager. The Phillies, they have filled that well with Rob Thompson. And then, of course, with the Angels, it's just been uh, catastrophic. Joe Madden should not have fired him. New manager, Phil Nevin. I think he's a great guy, but you know th- this is just a-, a roster thing and an approach standpoint. 
that the Angels are taking. So, yeah, I don't think the manager position is being devalued at all. I, I think it's still very much important because you cannot run it from the front office. There has to be someone correctly pulling the strings from the dugout and reading the clubhouse. So, yeah, the latest is Toronto. We'll see which direction they go. The Athletic, the website, newspaper-style sports edition content is laying off a whole bunch of people. Stephen Holder, Lindsey Jones, uh, Shiel Capata just announced it. All these NFL writers, they're not having their contracts renewed. And I think it's telling in the way that maybe The Athletic has seen how their product has shifted. Those guys and gals are all great at what they do cover the league. They're dedicated to the craft. I find them just be a little far slanted, you know, not, I'm not going to say from a personal standpoint, but just this shoving it down your throat in a moral, uh, sanctimonious type of way, always on their moral high horse. And it's just, it's so exhausting when you get mad and, and it's, pound your feet and pound the table about being pro player empowerment and pro vaccine. And it's, it's really tiring. And I think the athletic is kind of seeing that, you know, we can't have the same voices everywhere. It's, it's literally the same thing that I read about, you know, Lindsey Jones talking about how Deshaun Watson should be on the exempt list because of domestic fight. It's like, you know, you're just, this is a personal mission for you now. And it shouldn't be that way. There should be other people saying like, well, there's that perspective, but then there's also this perspective because that's really all the media should be is providing different points of view here along with the facts, of course, but the athletic just got really cornered into this far radical segment of the public eye. And I don't think it was a good thing for them and they're not a, you know, renewing contracts. So hopefully we got a fresh batch of individuals that might bring something new, not the same old stories, not the same old point of view, POV. And I look forward to seeing it. I still am a subscriber. I think it's a great source to get your news in particularly with the NFL and major league baseball. So I look forward to it and we'll see what they put in front of us. Summer edition podcast quicker. Soon we're going to have NFL games to talk about, training camp news before that. We're here in the middle of July. Hard to believe that. There will be NFL games played soon come the turn of the month, just in a few short weeks here. I cannot wait for players to report who's in shape, who's not, who is looking good out on the field, who's going to go on the pup list. There are so many injuries happening right now that we don't know about that are going to pop up and be announced come the start of training camp. Favorite players of your team. So brace yourself. NFL season's almost back, and you know when the NFL season is here. We are in full swing. We will be back on a much more lengthier podcast schedule. Probably go back to Mondays, react to the NFL news. For now, though, we'll continue watching baseball, continue giving our thoughts on the daily news dish, Subscribe, review right here, the podcast, Pete Forsey. Tell your friends, tell your family. Thanks so much. See you guys next time.